Welcome to Indonesia Digital Deconstructed, where we break apart and dive deep into the different parts of the Indonesian tech scene to get an insider's look into how each space is evolving. Leveraging off our research, proprietary insights, and working with leading entrepreneurs, we'll bring you the insider's view of the industry as we navigate our way around one of the world's fastest growing tech scenes. I'm Adrian Lee, your host and managing partner at AC Ventures. Today, we go into our sixth episode and do a deep dive into Indonesia's premier B2B food supply chain startup, Eden Farm. Join me as I speak to the company's founder, David Gunawan, about some of the biggest challenges and key opportunities for technology companies in this multi-billion dollar sector. As a unique marketplace, Eden Farm is not only bolstering the livelihoods of micro-entrepreneurs, it's also educating them at scale about how to pull in weekly income, rather than being at the mercy of a seasonal harvest cycle. So David, before we start, let's take a look at your backstory and come to understand how your experience starting companies and teaching international business led you to where you are now with Eden Farm. Yeah, so... Starting multiple business and, of course, starting and failing, starting and failing is uh, make me who I am right now. And then uh, having the opportunity to teach in the business school about international business also give me the theor- theoretical mindset of problem solving, uh, which I'm using now in Eden Farm. You know, when you start uh, multiple business and you fail multiple times, you get to know yourself better. Uh, you you get to know what uh, who you who you really are what what can you do what you cannot do and then what kind of business will be perfectly matched for you so yeah I really agree with that you know I I took all the entrepreneurship classes I could find at Stanford and learning about entrepreneurship never really prepares you for entrepreneurship. I think it's really a one of those things you you learn by doing. You know, everyone you have to go through that first startup experience uh, in order to fully prepare and experience it. Right? You know, maybe it's helpful to think about you know of the businesses that you started you know, um, successfully, or even it was through a lesson through failure. You know, which one do you think was most helpful for you getting to start Eden Farm? What lessons or what experience was it? I think it was my last previous business before Eden Farm. I was doing uh, logistic business. So we deliver food, we deliver any kinds of goods, uh, basically transporting it on the last mile delivery side. So I learned a lot about how to handle people, uh, which I use, which currently I'm using in how to handle farmers now. So I know uh, in Indonesian people really uphold relationships above everything else so if you talk the right words we're using the right dialects the right language the right body language you can get a you can influence him or her you know because back then when i run the logistic company uh, we didn't use any uh, venture capitals money we use our own money me and my co-founders um, and then we often lost money in the middle of our journey we couldn't pay salary so it we 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 have to learn how to negotiate in order to 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 survive the business 
right? And it is not easy to negotiate with drivers, negotiate with staffs. Yeah. No, I think uh, oftentimes one of the things we look for in founders whom we back is, you know, really how well they understand uh, their stakeholders, their audience. You know, in your case, you know, whether it's the farmers or in another case, if you're selling to a particular consumer, really understanding their pain points is an important part to finding a solution for sure. But I think what was one of the things that we found was special when we first got to know you and uh, hear your story was that you have actually been a farmer, right? Yeah, correct. correct. So you've actually been in the situation of the farmers, the micro entrepreneurs that you're trying to help. You, can you talk a bit about that experience and you know, why, you, why you started to do that? And you know, in doing that, what did you learn about the pain points that these farmers face that ultimately led you to Eden Farm? Okay. Yeah, just like our conversation earlier, there is no there is no better teacher uh, other than the experience of doing it by our, by ourselves. So I think uh, being in the farming industry, uh, which is one of the most traditional industry there is in Indonesia, uh, doing the farming by yourself, uh, mingling around with the farmers, is the best way to really understand what their pain points are. And then also try to sell the produce by yourself to any kind of customers uh, will expedite the product market fit research process. You know, so back then me, me, me and my co-founders uh, did all things. Uh, we uh, we did farming, we did processing, packaging, we did uh, selling, invoicing collecting the the account receivables everything every single process in the business so we come to understand uh, if uh, farmers need special kind of treatment and who should talk who should be best to talk to the farmers to to negotiate and who should be best what kind of uh, people that should be best to sell the, the produce to who in in fact uh, during our direct operational days, uh, that is that that was when we found that B two B is the right uh, uh, the right market segment to to pursue, you know, because it matched with the farmers' needs that we found back when we were still farming. You know, as when you and your co-founders were building a farm and essentially being farmers yourselves, you know, there are so many of these micro farmers everywhere. And you know you you know you and your co-founders are a group of you know, quite smart and hardworking entrepreneurs. You know, what were the biggest obstacles to trying to scale your business? Well, believe it or not, uh, the, the problem is quite fundamental. Not every farmers can read. Not every farmers can even count. So. Let, let, let alone teach them how to scale their farm, increase their production. No, we cannot do that. So we, we come to realize that, uh, okay, we, we cannot teach, uh, quote-unquote, teach these farmers. So we have to tell them what to do, as simple as that, right? So what we do is uh, we identify their true needs. They need demand, that's it, you know, because they've, they've been farming and they can only sell like 30% or 50% of their crops to the middleman and the rest have to go to waste because the quality is bad or maybe they, can, they simply just cannot find any buyers. 
and then some season they cannot even find any buyers for what they what, whatever they they've been planting so what we do is okay let let me take that pain point from you i i give you consistent demand but follow my follow my instruction uh, follow my uh, planting plan for follow my forecast uh, well yeah and and then they do it because now they don't have to uh, have a headache in finding a buyers and then they follow us and they can grow better i see you know i think that's you see that's already one of the ways that if you've not been a farmer you might have the wrong perspective right even thinking that these farmers are treating this like a business they're not many of them are treating this as sustenance it is the only way that they can make some income uh, to live right so i guess you know thinking of it in in that way and obviously the incredible impact you'd be having in in helping these farmers you know was it this or what else really drove you and your co-founders to dedicate your lives to eden farm and seeking and building a scalable solution for these farmers hmm i think we have a noble goal and we also have a business goal so on the business side this is obviously something that that can that can make money for us uh, at that time this is definitely an easy to uh, be profitable business we just uh, buy from farmers and then sell it to the restaurants and cafes it is already net positive in cash flow so it is much much better than uh, our previous business so that is one of the reason that we choose this business and then the second uh, our noble goal is to feed the nation you know because we believe that if the farmers are uh, are wealthier if the farmers are well connected to the demand we can build a food supply chain that is very efficient that is very highly high in precision and everybody can have equal access to food maybe if this kind of model is spread out across the globe there won't be any world hunger you know because food will be accessible to everyone you know that's a very noble goal and i think one that's only further accentuated you know during what we see in covid and you know many countries are you know needing to elevate their food security to make sure that they can even feed themselves so uh, i know for indonesia's government for example it's also front and center of something of the governance government's mandate but you know maybe we can move and talk a bit about the market david uh, could you talk a bit about the b2b food supply chain specifically in indonesia and perhaps ways that it's less efficient or more broken perhaps than some of the other markets around the world and why a solution such as eden farm uh, is uh, being able to solve that yeah so the problem is imagine there is uh, 20 around 20 million farmers farming around 700,000 of square kilometers of farming area serving the needs of 30 million SMEs right? all these big numbers uh, accumulated to around 150 billion worth of uh, uh, worth of market size right? and then they are all very fragmented fragmentation in this sector cause lots of pain points on the farmer side because they are very disorganized they are, they are very many in numbers uh, small in farming 
area that they manage, they are very disorganized to one and, and another. This will mess up with the price stability, meaning that the food supply is uh, very disorganized and very inconsistent. Right? Yeah, at the very worst case, you could not even find the food ingredients that you need. We have ever come to that uh, once. Right? There, there was a time when you could not even find uh, chili, you could not even find shallots, and the price is very, 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 very high. It is a basic food, you know. And then on the on the demand side, they are very scattered, they are very disorganized. The distribution is, is very fragmented. This fragmentation causes lots of food waste, huge amount of, of food waste. If you come to the central markets in any of the city in Indonesia, you can find uh, like maybe 15 centimeters worth of garbage, food garbage uh, on the floor of the central markets because everybody just doing what they do, you know, uh, taking produce from any middleman and then selling to anyone without concerning about the quality. And there isn't any single uh, management, single, single regulations to manage all this. Everything is very fragmented. There will be an imbalance in supply and demands at all time if we don't do something about this. So, you know, you you spoke about quite a few things there about the fragmentation of the industry in you know, the supply chain and you know zero waste. So I want to try and break down a few of those topics and address them one by one. You know, the first one about your know, fragmentation, you mentioned 20 million farmers and then 30 million small food related businesses. You know, you're not going to be able to necessarily change the fact that there's so many farmers, right? And obviously there's still lots of demand. So what exactly are you doing in between to smoothen out uh, that entire supply chain. How is Eden Farm, you know, perhaps being a you know, a massive technology enabled middleman in some ways, able to uh, make this entire supply chain more efficient? Yeah. So basically, we simply connect them. You know, we Eden Farm built a single layer platform that connects to the thirty million uh, food related businesses, and then also connect to the twenty million farmers. To put it simply. Right. So, you know, when when you are connected to all these businesses, uh, first we start from from the demand side. When when you are connected to all this demand, uh, this B two B demand side, you will get predictable demand, because the characteristic of food uh, related businesses such as restaurants, cafes, and SMEs, cartwheelers, they are always ordering the same thing on the same day, right? And then this consistency becoming the key to get connected to all these farmers. You know, once you are connected to all these farmers, you can start to manage them by telling them what to plan, when to harvest, right? And then after that, you can go to the sec- uh, uh, to the next level by building their yield, building their productivity. I believe that is when the technology journey start to have an impact, you know. Technology on the farming side always impact the yield of the farmers because it builds positions in the agriculture. And when can when when you can build positions on the supply side, the yield will increase, and then that kind of yield will be able to better serve all the all the demand side. Finally, you can find balance. You can match the level of supply with the level of demand, and then that's when stability in price 
and supply and demand will happen. So you're talking about using technology in some ways to drive transparency between that demand and supply. There's because there's lots of fragmentation at both ends, but also fragmentation in between. So on the demand side, you know, you said about uh, recording uh, when you gather all the data on the demand. Talk a bit. How does your firm, how does Eden Farm use technology to be able to uh, aggregate and create that predictable demand across your buyers? Like what are you doing there? So we have uh, two types of, uh, we call as a distribution technology. Of course, one is our mobile apps that is being used by most of the customers. Uh, Having a mobile apps has its own benefit you can analyze the customer's behavior in using that in using that mobile apps and that data analytics can create predictability on on its own you know you you, you know uh, at at this time the customers will demand more potatoes and and at that seasons the customers will demand more of what right and then the second technology is a smart fridge when you can uh, finally uh, get all uh, get access to all the customers consumptions because this smart fridge is uh is becoming one with becoming seamless with the customer's habit i mean by having these two type of technology one ensure the retention of the customers and and one ensure the uh, transparency in in customers behavior we can uh, finally see how and uh how the demand come about, when the demand will come, and it become more predictable in a way. And you know that kind of flows back to what you were saying earlier. You know the farmers actually just want to be told what to grow and how to improve the yields, right? So as you get that demand and you can predict what the demand is for certain types of uh, groceries or certain ingredients. What is the process by which you then feed that back to the farmers and direct them to make sure they're growing the right things? And, you know, it's not you grow and you get it tomorrow. There's going to be a time lag between the time you plant and then you actually then have the food ready ready for harvest, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is actually a simple process. Once you know what's uh, the characteristic of your of your demand in certain in certain regions, you can simply manage the, the farmers to plan for the next harvest. These next harvests have several groups or several types. There are plants that is that will be harvested in, in the next three months. Uh, for uh, for them, we have we have longer forecasts, and then there are other plants like horticultures, uh, leafy greens that that can be harvested in the next thirty days. For them, we give them shorter uh, forecast. But but gen- generally, what we do to them is we give them like a forward contract of uh, farming so we can give them uh, transparency in what kind of price that they will get by, by, by the time they harvest and of course the guarantee of demand when they when the harvest season come great and you know, also just talking about moving on the, su- the supply chain the logistics uh, itself you know it, when eden farm wasn't there talk a bit about how many intermediaries it might take to get um, some of the uh, vegetables all the way to the end buyer. Are we talking about you know you know three or four, or are we talking about many more? What does that stack look like on the logistics side? At least there are four layers, uh, starting from the village, uh, starting from the farmers, all the way to the uh, to the restaurants. At, at least there are four, 
and they are pretty chaotic in terms of uh, commitment and relationships. It is quite I- ironic, you know, in, in Indonesia, uh, Indonesian business uh, uphold relationship the most, but for food supply chain, they are very low in commitment. Uh, the reason is there isn't any consistency in both demand and supply for all of the stakeholders inside the traditional supply chain because again they are, they are they are very fragmented you know they are disorganized so uh, this middleman could not guarantee the income to the farmers so they are using consignment you know uh, to put it simply there is a practical case that we have faced uh, that what uh, that one of our farmers have 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 ever told us right if if they give to them if they sell the crops to the middleman uh, they will get money uh, the fastest is next 7 days and that there isn't any guarantee of they getting paid because they 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 don't know how many produce getting sell in the city you know because there are and then once the farmers get disappointed with the middleman uh, the middleman just simply left them and find another farmers that is what i'm i'm uh, uh, i'm i'm uh, telling you that the the commitment level is very low yeah so i think what you've described there is just another way in which eden farm as a technology enabled intermediary can actually drive you know a lot of benefits to the farmer not just in uh, certainty of demand also in terms of making sure they get paid on time um, also in terms of directing them in what type of uh, fruits and vegetables they should also plant. Uh, So clearly there's quite a lot of impact that's being driven there. I think you also touched on another aspect, which is waste. One of the things that we have seen in supply uh, upstream farming companies and other markets is actually there is quite significant waste um, that happens throughout the process of uh, sourcing upstream. But Eden Farm has actually been able to uh, lower that waste percentage by you know, quite a material amount. Could you talk about what you're doing differently and why that's the case for yourselves? Yeah, that is the importance of connectivity that I am referring uh, that, that that I told you earlier. Uh, connectivity also can means uh, consolidations, right? So if we connect, uh, we are able. We we were. Uh, we, we have been successfully to build a business model that can connect all kinds of supplies or all kinds of supply channels to all kinds of demand channels, right? So uh, how it started is like this. We come to understand the characteristic of our farmers back when we were still farming. They're very traditional. Not everybody can read. Not everybody can count. You know, we could not rely on these kind of farmers to be able to think by themselves to produce a better grades at all time right so we cannot fight that so it it it, it means that uh, slowly we have to build that cap- their capability in uh, to uh, to do a best practice in farming but during that time we need to be able to subsidize their inconsistent supply with other type of supply channels right so our model uh, on the supply side is, con- is connected to not only farmers, but also a trading networks and also another supply networks. And we even currently, we, we, we have our own collection facilities and farming projects, right? So this con- connectivity in the supply side uh, ensure the 
flexibility of capacity of supplies and also the uh, guarantee of fulfillment. I don't know how to say it better. Uh, and then on the on the demand side, we could not be very idealistic in serving only a single type of customer segment. Usually, uh, an agri-tech company only want to serve like the modern segment because they are better publicity and they get they can give you more margins, right? All those good stuff. But we have to understand what our supply side can do, what their 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 real capacity is. You know, you it is cannot be denied. Every day you will receive a good uh, a good quality produce and a bad one. Right? If you are very idealistic in only serving the modern sector, you will be you will have lots of waste, right? So we form the the demand side uh, according to the farmer's characteristic or the supply characteristic that that uh, that that Indonesia have. So. On the demand side, we are we are connected to the modern sector, to the traditional sector, to the wet market clusters, to the startup, uh, fra- uh, uh, to the startup companies, to the uh, 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 to the food factory. But uh, the main reason is so we can have market for every grade and every product, and then from this connect highly connected, uh, uh, highly connected supply side. And highly connected demand side, and maybe you can call it as highly di- uh, uh, highly diversified as 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 well. Make no waste, a uh, almost no food waste in the food supply chain. Thanks for sharing how you achieve you know almost zero waste uh, in the supply chain. It's uh, you know it's certainly it's been it's a very high bar uh, to set at, but it's also reflected. We can quantify that. I think uh, recently our head of ESG, Lauren, had worked with you on a net impact assessment for Eden Farm. I think your score was 49%, which is really very, very high. Uh, and it you know, comes not just from you know, the policies of zero waste, but also you know, the education that you are giving to the farmers as well and enabling them in terms of becoming better farmers. Now, I want to move uh, more to talking about your playbook, you know, some learnings that you can share with other entrepreneurs and uh, who may be tackling you know, businesses that also are in the B2B space. One of the first things that you know, I, uh, I've noticed you know, within kind of uh, agricultural B2B, a number of players have sometimes flip-flopped between going B2B and sometimes going to consumer as well. And you've really stuck to your B2B guns. You know, explain your reasons uh, for this and why that may be a better strategy. Yeah. Well, I'm not attracted to shiny things, you know. <laughs> you have to be patient in doing B2B business because it is less shiny. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of digging to be uh, to build understanding about how the economics is working inside the B2B business, you know. Because B2B business is basically a volume game. Volume means precisions. So you have to really understand how uh, what kind of variables trigger uh, trigger which kind of results? So, for example, uh, there is a if you really understand how uh, the soil conditions in Indonesia, you will be able to turn the habit of seasonal harvest that uh, decrease the farmers' income in general uh, to turn turn that seasonality to become a weekly harvest. 
that is already very impactful for the farmer's income impactful also for the consistency of our supplies right so it is mutual ben- uh, beneficial but in order to understand that you have to be patient you cannot uh, only pay attention to your publicities to the branding or maybe even to the to sometimes you don't pay attention to uh, to your rev- uh, revenue for a short amount of time but you have to really take your time understand dig deeper And then once you get the hang of the economics inside that B2B business, you will you uh, uh, you will feel happy. And then yeah, most of the time, this this kind of thing is hard to be explained to anyone uh, outside your industry, because it is very uh, industry specific knowledge. Right? But once you get uh, your head around this kind of knowledge, you will you will be able to build strong barrier to your company like just uh, just like you said the, the number of b2b player is some sometimes increasing sometimes uh, and then uh, yeah sometimes uh, uh, one day they are here and and another day they they are gone you know because maybe they still cannot crack the uh, crack the code in this business no i think um, you touched upon kind of moats right and yeah eden farm creating the Uh, Eden collection facilities, I think, is one way of securing the upstream, right, and creating some moats around the sourcing of your of your supply. Working closely with the farmers, right, and creating some sort of barrier to entry of other people. And um, but you know, at the same time, you've you're also looking at a volume business, as you as you mentioned, right. And being B two B, there is probably more bargaining. Power on both the buyers on the buyer side as well. So normally in an industry like that, you have lower margins, but your margins are actually uh, quite strong. Can you talk a bit about how your margins? You've been able to constantly work on increasing your margins and uh, maintaining a healthy enough unit, unit economics to actually create a very meaningful, scalable business. Yeah. So this is, I think, this is on. Uh, this is. Uh, specifically, only happen in Indonesia, based on my knowledge. Uh, maybe this also this also will happen in another Southeast Asian countries. Um, the reason that we can have a very strong margins is because Indonesian farmers are still very traditional. This is not like farmers in India, farmers in Europe, or 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 the US, where everything is already very efficient, right? So farmers. So for for example, uh, one of the reason. Uh, only 30% of farm uh, of harvest is uh, within the range of acceptable grade is because farmers is very indisciplined in using fertilizers and vitamins and pesticides sometimes because they, they don't know uh, 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 how much that they need to put in, uh, what's the frequency when there is a global climate change like today, what should they do? They, they don't know how to do it, right? If we can simply teach them how to do it in a very disciplined way, the yield increased by three uh, by three X, as simple as that. And this yield increase generate more margins, right? So, yeah, I think the reason that we can uh, crack the margin code is because we really understand about Uh, how the farmers is working and how to increase their their yield, which is very still big, uh, still very huge opportunity in Indonesia. 
Wonderful. Yeah, certainly being able to maintain a, a, a healthy margin is something that we have even in markets like you know, be it India and China, which are somewhat similar business models, have found it difficult to achieve even uh, when they've gotten to quite some scale with their businesses. So I'd like to move on and talk a bit about the future now and where you're headed. Um, can you share with the audience some key initiatives that Eden Farm has in the pipeline uh, as you seek to scale across Indonesia? So I think key initiative is we always think of Eden Farm as two part of the journey, uh, two part of the same journey. One journey is we are always talking about business model, and the second journey is about technology, right? On the business model side, I think we are pretty efficient. Just like you said, we already have a healthy margins. We do have several uh, experiments that is still going on on the business model side to, again, increase the efficiency because some of the market segment can be served more efficient than another. We are, we are trying to improve on that. Right? I think in the, uh, in, in the next year on the business model side, we will have a slightly new business, business model, which is more efficient. On the technology side, we are working on two types of technology. One is on the distributions. Uh, the uh, the goal is to increase retentions, and of course, when retention come, the the wallet share will increase. The AOV will also increase. This retention is kind of uh, unique in the food supply chain businesses. I'm sure uh, food supply chain startups all across uh, the emerging countries have problem of retentions, right? Because this is because of the very fragmented distribution channels, right? Uh, we, Eden Farm, have lots of traditional competitors. They are small in scale, but mainly in numbers. That is why customers sometimes churn for no reason at, at all. They just can come back to their old suppliers because there are lots of them <laughs> keep banging on, on their door on a daily basis, right? So we are working on that kind of technology to, with, with the goal of, of retentions. And then on the supply side, we are working on a precision ag agricultures. That is our final initiatives uh, for the next two, three years. We are using, uh, we are using sensors uh, and multiple IoT technology, basically to automate the uh, fertilize, uh, fertilizing process, uh, the vitamin process and the pesticide process so that we can have an optimal yield with very minimum cost to the, to, uh, for the farmers. That's great because I think it comes again back to yield, right? Making sure that you're making the most of the natural resources in the most efficient way possible. And I think these farmers, when they don't have uh, access to technology that you can help bring into them, um, having Eden Farm in place there can really make uh, a huge difference. Now, if we think about the you know, the long term, which in startup land, that's even just two or three years, you know, where would you envision Eden Farm in that time frame? In the next two to three years, if, if, if I may uh, be very ambitious in, in my dream, uh, I hope uh, Eden Farm can start doing regional play uh, because it is the only way to keep increasing e efficiency in the food supply chain. Once you are able to do this regional play, you can build a competitive advantage in certain regions. You know, this is actually a new 
trade uh, theory in the international business you know so there is in in this theory uh, uh, state that uh, each nations will can only uh, will will have multivariant of small producers they can only produce small things and then they have they they are capped in certain uh, amount of of income because of they produce in a small volume and the consumption is very limited in that nations but once we are able to open the gate of bigger market in this uh, in this context it is an export market then uh, they will be able to get more income right the key to even bring more income to these producers is by being uh, by by bringing in specializations or bringing comp- or building competitive advantage right so now uh, in indonesia has its own comparative advantage the soil is pretty uh, fertile all the uh, anywhere the eyes can see right we can produce multivariant of horticulture but we are we are definitely very uh, better at doing something than another right indonesian farmers is very good at producing chilies shallots right uh, but not so good at producing leafy greens right? if we can be connected uh, between regions right we can build indonesia competitive ad- advantage in producing certain type of produce if we can do that the yield will keep increasing but the cost will decrease because there is learning curve there is more research uh, being uh more in, in in investment will will go into research in producing uh these specializations uh, and then another connected regions will also do the same thing right so it will be uh in general it will be more efficient for the whole uh food supply chains yeah certainly different markets are going to have uh unique climatic and microclimate advantages in being able to grow different types of you know, ingredients and different uh, fruits and vegetables as well. So being to being able to stitch that all together across the region, I think certainly can be very powerful. Well, David, I think we've run to our time here, but I really want to thank you for spending uh, your valuable time with us today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and your company. And thanks for sharing with our audience. Uh, thank you so much, Adrian. It was a pleasure for me as well.